Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Romans with part two of this message entitled, The Purpose of Redemption. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 8. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. The Purpose of Redemption. Two points. First is the purpose of redemption, which is the righteous requirement of the law be fulfilled in us. Purpose of redemption is that we live a holy life. Chapter 8, verse 3 spoke about justification. And verse 4 is speaking about sanctification. You may not know that word. It means to live a holy life. And the second point will be the life of the redeemed. And so we spoke about this holy life is the new covenant life. I don't want to go back to it. And now I want to tell you this new covenant life or this holy life is lived by certain powers given to us. We need power to live a holy life. And the first power is the Holy Ghost. You are not a Christian unless the Holy Ghost indwells you. Yes, sin indwells us. We are told two times since Romans 7, 17 and 20, sin is dwelling with me. And that is still true. Sin has not been eradicated. Sin is still dwelling in me. But that is not the whole story. The Holy Spirit is also dwelling in me. The infinite God himself dwelling in me. He is the resident boss. No Christian is alone. His life is run by a boss who lives in him. And so we read in the book of Romans four times Romans 8, 9, 10, and 11. We are told Christ lives in us and the Holy Spirit lives in us three times. Christ and the Holy Ghost lives in us. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore glorify God with your body. So that is one of the dynamics To live a holy life. The Holy Spirit directs us. And empowers us. To fulfill the righteous requirement of the law. Or to put it differently. To do the will of God. And the second dynamic. That comes to us from the Holy Spirit. Is divine love power. Love is powerful. 
divine love is very powerful. So in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, we are told the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. The Holy Spirit comes into us and distributes in great abundance divine love. And you could see that the moment you come to know Christ, you are filled with love for God and love for God's people. And 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14, St. Paul tells us what was his dynamic. What was his inspiration? Second Corinthians 5.14 For Christ, love compels us, impels us, empowers us, drives us, motivates us. And that was the reason he lived and died for the cause of Christ. Love power. Galatians 5, 6 says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And you just reflect back when you were in first love in terms of your relationship with your spouse. You do anything and everything. You travel thousands of miles. It matters nothing. The story is told of a man who was afraid of driving on a bridge. Then he was told his daughter had an accident on the other side of the bridge. And he got into the car and drove without any problem. Love motivates. Love empowers Galatians 5, 13 and 14, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in your sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The charge Jesus Christ leveled against the church of Ephesus was what? You have fallen from your first love. Look at your marriage and tell me. Whether you are in first love or you have fallen from your first love. And look at your relationship with God. Have you fallen from your first love? If it is true, then remember from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first thing. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And what is the last one? Self-control. It is the fruit of the Holy Ghost. Self-control. Against such things there is no law. Or look at Romans 13. 8 through 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The righteous requirement of the law fulfilled in us by love of God shed abroad in our hearts in great abundance by the Holy Spirit who is given us. 
And third power that we have is the power of the word of God. We are told in Romans 1 and verse 16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. My word is spirit and my word is life. When you listen, you listen carefully that the word of God may enter into you. And as it enters, it performs mighty works in changing, transforming your life. And those who are careless, they receive nothing. Hearing they will not hear, seeing they will not see. Be very careful how you listen to the word of God preached. And help one another. If somebody is distracted and doing something else, tell them the word of God is preached. Open your hearts. And Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. How did Jesus Christ overcome temptation? By the use of the word of God. It is written. And he spoke what he believed. And not only that, God the Father himself assists us. Philippians 2, 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. How? With fear and trembling. Why do you sin? Because you do not fear God. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God, here God the Father, who works in you. Both to will and to do his good pleasure. That the righteous requirement of the law be fulfilled in us. Or Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. May the God of peace who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you, equip you with everything good for doing his will. God the Father equips us, qualifies us, makes us competent to do the will of God and may work in us what is pleasing to him. He equips us and works in us. What is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The righteous requirement of the law. Be fulfilled in us. Is God's eternal purpose. It is not an afterthought. And that eternal purpose he will achieve in our lives. So let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 1. The eternal purpose for he chose us, verse 4, in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And chapter 2, verse 10 
For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. Or Ephesians chapter 5 beginning with verse 25. Husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. He will have a bride who will be radiant, glorious, holy, and blameless. God himself takes ungodly people like us and make us godly and glorious. Revelation 19 verse 7 and 8. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen bright and clean was given to her to wear. And now here comes John's commentary, fine linen stands for the righteous deeds of the saints. Fine linen stands for our obedience to the will of God. In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 9, who has saved us and called us to a holy life. God has Decreed from all eternity that we should be holy. Called us to a holy life. Second Timothy 2 verse 19. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn, depart from wickedness. And I hope you are hearing the word and if you are practicing wickedness, it is time that you turn. There is no. It is not optional. It is holiness. Dr. Boyce said is what? Mandatory. First Peter 1. 15 and 16. But just as he who called you is holy. So be holy in all you do. For it is written. Be holy because I am holy. Friends. God makes bad tree good tree and it will bear good fruit. And if you are bearing bad fruit, you call upon the name of the Lord and may God perform a miracle of regeneration. Change of your nature that you'll become good tree. Jesus finds us as darkness and makes us light. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, You were once what? Darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. The Spirit of God in us is against the flesh, the sin in us. Spirit is infinite God. Flesh is not there. In this conflict of spirit against flesh, spirit wins every time. 
Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, live by the Spirit, memorize it, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's a divine guarantee. Live by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh, but you will fulfill the righteous requirement of God's law. Or listen to Romans 8, 13 and 14. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Holy Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And then it says, because those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And sons of God put to death. No negotiation, sir. Don't negotiate with sin. Kill it. Say no to it. Deny it. Not in your strength, but in the strength of the Spirit of God. There was the viper in the hand of St. Paul. And what did he do? He cast it into the fire. Kill it, sir. Kill it. By the Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Because you are children of God. Holy Spirit in us leads us into the Holy Scriptures. Notice. Holy Spirit leads us into the Holy Scriptures. Because Holy Spirit wrote it. Preached and lived out in his Holy Church. Holy Spirit leads us into the Holy Scriptures. Preached and lived out in his holy church. The second point, the life of the redeemed. The righteous requirements of the law is fulfilled only in those who walk. Not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Holy living, friends, is the proof, the evidence of justification. You cannot live according to the flesh, according to the sinful nature, and claim to be true believers. It's a lie. If you live in sin, you are not a Christian. The righteous requirement of the law is fulfilled by our walking, our living according to the Holy Spirit in the prescribed way of holiness in the word of God. That's why a Christian is always reading and studying the Bible to find out the will of God. Holiness is the character of Christians. They are good trees. So they bear the fruit of the spirit. And friends and without holiness no one shall see God. Don't waste your life in some lie. By attending some church that is R rated. A pop church. Go to a church that preaches the Bible. And if you look hard you will find it. Not on the main street it will be hidden away someplace. Because they are poor people. The Christian's walk is controlled 
empowered, directed, not by sin, but by the Holy Spirit. What is the walk? The walk is the tenor of his life. The bent of his life. And that tenor of his life is toward God. Romans 8 verse 9 says, A Christian is not in the flesh. Not controlled by the flesh. Not dominated by the flesh. He is in the spirit and spirit is in him. His walk is in the opposite direction of his past sinful life. Take a look at chapter 6 of Romans. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin. You wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. What a transformation. What a change. Slaves to sin now slaves to righteousness. Or turn to chapter 7 verse 5. For when we were controlled by the flesh. The sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies so that we bore fruit for death. Change. The redeemed walks according to the spirit. Spirit is his controller, his director, his boss. He goes where spirit goes. Spirit is the spirit of holiness. Spirit is the spirit of truth. Spirit is the spirit of love. And friends, Holy Spirit never leads us to sin, which is lawlessness. The law is spiritual. Spirit given. And the spirit will never guide you to violate God's holy law. He always enables you to fulfill God's law in your life. And this is clearly taught in Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 2 and verse 10. Take a look at it. The opposite direction. And you who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you used to walk. When you followed the ways of this world. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work. In those who are disobedient. You see. They walked according to the way of this world, the value of this world, according to the spirit, according to devil. Completely obedient to the devil. That was the way they walked. Now it's totally changed. Look at verse 10. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God Prepared in advance or God has decreed from eternity that in the Greek text that we should walk in them. See the complete opposite direction. You were going that way and now you go that way. In the way of the world, the way of the Holy Spirit. The believer walks after the spirit. He is led by the spirit every step of the way. I hear about people making decisions. 
And you are going to reap the fruit of it years to come. But a Christian walks one step at a time. He makes one decision at a time for the glory of God. He lives one day at a time. He makes regular and steady progress in the direction of the city of God. He grows in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. He walks, that is, he does not sit down and rest in worldly pleasures. He makes progress daily in holiness. He reads God's word, he prays, he works hard to provide for those in need. He worships and fellowships with God's holy people. He shines as light in their dark world. He is happy because he is holy. He is unafraid of death. He looks forward to it because death has been defeated for him by Christ's death on the cross. For him, death is gain. Gain is seeing God. Gain is to be with God for all eternity. The true believers walk not after the flesh, not according to the flesh, doing sin as before. But after the spirit doing the will of God. Because in Jesus Christ he is not in the flesh. He is in the spirit. Christ is in him. Holy Spirit is in him. He submits to God's law. His passion is to please God. And he is a king by grace. He rules. He is a soldier. He puts to death sin by the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He is an overcomer. He is a resister. I'm not a yes man. I'm a no man. When it comes to sin and Satan, and a yes man to righteousness, to Jesus Christ. He's a pilgrim. This world is not his home. He is on a journey. He travels not on the world's highway of wickedness with the wicked companions. He travels on God's highway of holiness. Isaiah 35, 8 through 10. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there. Nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Friends, the Christian is not a lone ranger in this journey. Journey to God's presence. He's joined by a multitude of people. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He is a vital member of Christ's holy church. Together with them he travels. Clothed in the righteousness of Christ he travels. He travels singing songs of sigh. 
What about you? Thank God you are traveling with me. Thank God that I am traveling with you. A number who traveled with us went back to the city of destruction. They have turned away from this highway of holiness. And a number have already arrived ahead of us in God's presence. Don't worry. Soon we too shall arrive. If you are not journeying with me, if you are not a fellow pilgrim to glory land, then trust in Jesus Christ, who on the cross died for the sins of all his people. Repent and call upon the Lord. The Lord saves only sinners. And if you are a repenting sinner, you qualify for Christ's free salvation. Come to Christ. He will justify you. He will liberate you from all the shackles of sin and Satan. From the law of sin and death. And you too can join us in this happy journey home to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for calling us out of the city of destruction. And enabling us to travel to the city of God. Where God is. Where Christ is. Where holy angels are in glorious array. Where spirits of just men made perfect. Enjoy your happy presence. And we are moving on. In this highway. Not alone, but with God's people. And we together are moving on. Enabled by the Holy Spirit of God. In the light of the Holy Scriptures, we move on. And you are with us. You are there, but you are also with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio Log, part two of this message entitled, The Purpose of Redemption. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew. 